Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And today we are going to break through all that keeps you from seeing your beauty and magnificence. Have you ever wondered how to simply just be you? To discover that innate beauty within you? Today, we're going to create a space where you're invited to authentically be yourself. Imagine being treasured simply for the rise and fall of your chest, the dreams in your heart, and the distinct you who you miraculously offer the world every gloriously messy day. I knew I was going to stumble over one of those words because they're from our guest, and she writes so beautifully and poetically and fun. And I want to welcome you to the playground of our guest. Every time I see her, I smile, and I actually feel a little better. Her captivating presence will pull you deeper into the truth and beauty of who you are. I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Rachel Oz works as a psychologist, artist, playgroundist, and author, see, I told you, fun words, and author who loves listening to the beauty in people and animals and all living colors, and she truly embodies color. I invite you to check out her links and discover for yourself the magic of Rachel, and I am so happy to have her here. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, and hello, everyone. Oh, well, I have to tell you, um, I'm in awe, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation, learning more about you, and really getting the essence of you and your message out to our listeners, because it's so important, and it's so unique and creative and fun. But first, Rachel, I have a traditional first question here on the show, okay. and I love to ground our conversation in a, in a bigger context. So I want to um, just ask you, if you could share with our listeners, what is all things connected mean to you? Oh, all things connected. It communicates, these are just my own initial free association with those words. All things connected makes me feel safe, like all of me can be present and that I can connect the child of me and the adult of me and the future me um, And I can all be right here and all things connected. I think of breath and, um, and breathing all the way through our body and our whole life and connecting with each other. Um, so all those kinds of things, those Mm -hmm. are some first thoughts. 
Well, thank you. I, I'm going to ask you about that connecting with others in a little bit later because I think you'll have a unique perspective for us. But first, Rachel, I have to tell you, <laughs> I got to tell our listeners, I guess I should chuckle, but I have to tell you, I love you so much. So um, our, I discovered you on Facebook. Um, I have a lot of artist friends on Facebook and have, you know, I don't know why and how I connect with people, but you kept showing up in my newsfeed for just forever. It was like every time you'd pop in there, I'd see this, see your image and I would smile and I would be like, who is this person? I want to learn more. And so yes. here we are today. I've, I've discovered you. I invited you to come here. Um, you're a psychologist yes. and I want to, um, have you explain the artist playgroundist and an author but you are this colorful amazing presence in the world and so i mm. really do want to encourage our listeners to go find out more but first where, tell us a little about your story where does all of this come from how did you get to be the rachel oz of 2018 over over your lifetime Mm, all things connected. So I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm now 51, that I am, it, it's sort of this paradox. The older I get, the more I'm connected to my inner child. So in a way, the younger I'm becoming. When I was a child, I loved to draw and I loved color and I had every inch of my walls in my bedroom covered with different variations of pictures that I made uh, using rainbows. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there were rainbows everywhere. And, and I loved my friends. And so I, and I loved writing and um, listening and, my friends uh, often confided in me. So it just, there's so many pieces to all this that just feels like the person who I keep growing up and into is that little girl who always knew who I was. Mm. Beautiful. And I think part of your message is you're teaching that to others as well. And you do it so creatively. So Rachel, it's not, do you do art therapy? You are like this artist and you're doing therapy and you're working with with clients, but you're also writing books and speaking and teaching. But it's it's not traditional art therapy. You are a creative counselor who is the presence of artistic genius. And then you work Aww. with clients. So how do you work with clients? Teach us that. Okay. I sometimes people ask me that do I offer my clients art therapy and I'm not a trained art therapist. I and generally I approach what I like to do is approach each client distinctly uh, and naturally with how and who they are. So if they naturally like to express themselves um you know, with the art somehow, then I certainly want to connect with them about that. If there's hard things they're working through to, you know, keep it an art journal, they could bring it in, we can discuss it, you know, working through images and messages that way. So it can happen that way, but not necessarily. And I've had people comment 
that clients comment that they sometimes like to just come in and see how I'm dressed. Like that's part of the fun. One client said to me last week, Rachel, if you just sat there and didn't say anything, your outfit alone is therapy for me because you give me so much permission to be myself and dress however I want and live my life in a way that brings me joy and isn't looking for other people to approve of it. So, so I think there is just also a piece of being who I am and letting that be part of, um, hopefully what helps free people. Okay. Well, this is your signature, um, how you dress. And I would love to hear how you would describe how you dress. Oh, okay. How how would you describe that? Um, I, I dress a lot of how I have drawn my girls and my books and art prints. It's very colorful. And I, I, it may be what people would associate how a little girl would dress. So I love to wear different kinds of leggings that are bright and different colors and sometimes patterned and sometimes not. And sometimes I'll wear more than one dress at a time so that I have other layers peeking out, um, you know, um, around the edges. Uh, I love polka dots and bright daisy flowers. And um, mostly I just love things that make me happy and that are bright. And spring is probably my favorite season. So a lot of classic spring colors. My favorite colors are green and orange, but I love all the rainbow colors. And um And the other piece, just to add, and I can't help but say it because we're talking about clothing, is I've also, and and this is a whole story, but I also, as a, I almost want to say as a hobby and a passion, I'm a clothing ambassador for a Swedish beautiful clothing line called Gudrun Shodian that's based out of Sweden. And they have one store in the U.S. and New York, and the rest are um, a bunch throughout Europe. And so I have a lot of their clothes, but those, um, like I said, there's a whole story of how that came to be, but they're all resonant and look like they kind of all popped out of the books that I had been writing. That's a really good way to put it. You dress as if you were a character in your book. And, yes. and yeah, it looks like you could jump off. And, and I, I don't mean to like be disrespectful in any way, but there's no, this that's fun, the pippy long stocking, just like who you are, you put it out there. So I'm going to, I'm going to back up because you're talking about being 51 and, yeah. and really having the inner child coming out. But underneath there is such a wise woman, the, the, Mm. wow, the, the, the wisdom keeper is underneath and speaks so deeply and authentically. How, Mm. how, where does that piece come from? Mm. So wise. Where does the wisdom come from? Yeah. Um, I want to say that it is, um, throughout my life, probably, Um, the first thing that comes to me, and I'm sure there's many places this can come from, but I think in part it comes through suffering that, um, you know, I've had to, I, I, at nine, my parents divorced and then I lived mostly with my mom and 
we didn't have much money. I had to work very hard for, you know, toward my goals and what I got. And I think that in also living in an environment of seeing other people um, have hard lives, I, I happened to have the heart that cared deeply about how others were doing and also how I was doing. And, um, and I also have always had a very reflective mind and soul. And so I was often digging deeply and thinking about, uh, you know, deep lessons that come through things and, um, And I also think wisdom can come through joy, like in the paying attention. And so I think there's an amazing tumbling that can happen um, when like just a joy thing was maybe a dozen years ago or so putting on my first pair of glasses in my adult life that were bright and I couldn't stop giggling in the mirror. And that's how I knew, well, for sure, those are the ones I'm going to choose anything that makes me giggle that much. And Mm -hmm. so I think that discernment and wisdom can also come through listening to our joy as well as our suffering. Beautiful. So what color of glasses do you have on today? Oh, they are, um, the front part of them are a fuchsia pink and then the sides of them are like a bright spring green grass. And they are... They, I bought them as readers and then had the lenses swapped out so they were my pres- become my prescription lens. Mm-hmm. And I've seen all colors on you in, in photos and videos. So that's another fun thing. So I'm, I'm just wondering, you, you talk about this client who says, just, just looking at what you wear is therapeutic. And I, I can't agree more. And I, I've been a psychotherapist for 30 five years now oh my gosh I'm getting old I'm aging myself (laughs) and I I just have been in this um, place in my early career of just being so professional you know and needing the credibility and the and what have you and I look at you and I think oh all the years I've missed I now have I'm looking up in my office and I have this really flamboyant colorful woman painting that a friend Mm -hmm. made that's up there and I've started your your art and your work reminds me of my dining room and kitchen at home now like I'm trying to bring that in but I need your therapy you have what you call freedom instructions Mm. and you write about that in the great green odyssey or not the great green okayness Okayness. yeah Yeah. and it is um, an odyssey as well it is an odyssey yes funny that you're right yeah tell us what the freedom instructions are what does that mean oh and so you are talking about the page yeah that that and you know this is hilarious and so first of all i'm going to give myself full permission to remember and forget and remember and forget and be amazingly imperfectly perfect perfect so i'm going to try do you have the page number in front of you i don't but okay oh we both get to yeah you can totally paraphrase if you want i just think it's a cool thing of saying i found need to be me you found it Yeah. And so it's so funny because, you know, for people listening, I'm 
right now in in the throes of writing a whole different kind of book. And so, you know, my mind is like, oh, what was it that I wrote again? So <laughs> I, I found the page and, and it's interesting about the freedom instruction. Let me see here. I, I think I just talk about, which is interesting. I'm talking about the freedom to not be perfect as I'm forgetting at first. <laughs> and so what I write about on this page is the freedom instruction, I think, to not be perfect and to engage in things in our life that hold some sense of outside of the box joy. And I write here a little bit on the page. I'm just going to read a teeny bit. To shake your booty, hula hoop, belt out opera in the shower, jam on your ukulele, buy a ukulele, color on your wall. A client told me about being a little naughty, having a cigar and sipping a cappuccino and how that helped loosen up her art making. <laughs> mm. So just this piece about, you know, taking the time to enliven yourself and do things in new ways. And what would those ways be for you? Mm. See, that is good instruction. And I say, I say that so like sincerely because so many people have told me to lighten up. I'm so oh. serious often. Oh. And I, I tell you, I just went through a 30 day challenge. Um, and one of the mantras was connection, not perfection. And it totally mm. just gave me permission to just be who I was, you know? Yeah. And so I love that. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, so, thanks for asking. Yeah. The book, The Great Green Odyssey, and or Odyssey, I did it again, okayness. The Great Green Okayness. I feel yes. seeing your uncommon magnificence. You take... Mm -hmm reflections that um, you've had from clients mm -hmm. and your practice and then you've added this beautiful art and deeper reflections and it really is a fun guide to just kind of open us up to that inner child as well mm -hmm. as really go deep into um, really who we truly are. A big mm -hmm. part of your message is how to be authentically you. Yes. And tell us a little bit more about that. Oh, uh, well, you know, in, in my therapy practice, but not limited to that place, what I have found is that, of course, when people come to therapy, you know, it's different than the party conversation that tends to be a little bit more surfacey. But coming into therapy, I just, it's one of my favorite spaces because people get right to what's real what's really going on in their hearts, what's really mattering to them, what they think about in those kind of private spaces that we all do when we're in the bathroom in our, or in our car or laying in bed right before we fall asleep. And, you know, having the just sweet, dear honor of hearing, um, having someone say, here's a chair, Rachel, take a seat in that kind of space with me. And, and what I have found repeatedly for maybe 24 years or so of doing this myself is that that when people speak from their most real place, that is where their deepest beauty springs out of. 
that when they speak from that place, that is when I am in awe of them. And they, the words that come out of them begin to almost sound like poetry. Uh, and so this whole thing about being the authentic you, I think people can get afraid and think, well, but if I am, what if I'm not accepted? Or when I grew up, I couldn't really show that because I was teased or numerous reasons. And I just have found that it's actually in being that real, authentic person and repairing whatever wounds or fears have gotten infected in that place. Um, that is where our freedom is. And so, and it can be vulnerable. It doesn't mean it's not vulnerable. But like an example with me, one of my authentic things that's kind of a little bit odd, but fabulous um, is that when I feel moved to do it, I like to approach strangers and tell them something beautiful I see in them. So I'll be shopping in Target and then I am moved. And then not every time I'm in Target, but every now and then. And then I just go approach someone and say, oh, my goodness, I need to tell you, I have just seen this in you. And I just want you to know how beautiful I'm seeing you, you know, and when I first started doing that years ago, I would be shaking physically. I was so nervous to do it. And, you know, I just felt insane. And now I don't shake. Now it's just like, it just feels like, of course, that's what I have to do. So there's a vulnerability about being who we are in this world. But I think that's where we're most beautiful. Mm. So when you're in Target, are you wearing all the colorful layers of fun prints and colors and typically <laughs> so how do, how do people receive that how do people receive you in public when they don't know you they don't know you're a therapist no what kind of reception do you get it tends to, when I do that it tends to be really really good like it's tends to be a tender moment um and this sort of like oh my gosh thank you <laughs> kind of a thing Mm. So I think, you know, we're all, we're all um, yearning to be seen. And I, I mean, I just think, oh my gosh, if people did this all the time <laughs> for each other, <laughs> like the mending potentially that we would have in our world, you know? Yeah. You know, I thought that very thing, um, reading your book and going over your materials that, that this is not only medicine for the individual, your psychotherapy clients, your readers of your book, but this is really good medicine for our culture right now. It's mm. really good medicine for our world. So what would you say to others who agree with us and say, okay, this is good medicine? How would you encourage them? What little things might they do today mm -hmm. to just live more authentically and make a difference? Mm hmm. Uh, let's see, not to be limited to, to these ways of starting to think about what that could be. But the, a couple prompts went through my mind when you said that asked that one is just the concept of joy. And so if you had a little like a radio volume knob that you wanted to turn up even just 
by the most slightest teeny degree, and it's it's about joy in your life, what would you do to just bring that in a little bit more? And um, or uh, another thought I had as a way to think about this would be one of the pages in the Great Green Okanus is about one of our clues to our magnificence is about what makes us odd and rare, uh, which is like the antonym of normal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and in thinking about some of what makes you distinct, distinct and rare, even in little ways, um, what if you were to think about breathing a little more life into some aspect of that? So, you know, I already shared an example of something that makes me a little odd and rare, which is the approaching people and saying they're beautiful in distinct ways. Uh, and I just, for a second there, thought of a funny story um, of a time that I did that. But... Um, and so I wonder what that would be for people listening. And it's such a different spin on when we're young and um, when we're teased for being for those same aspects. And so, so that would be a couple of things to think about. Yeah, I as you're talking, I'm seeing myself um, throughout my life of times when I've probably missed an opportunity to really look inside toward that beauty that you speak of of others because mm. of maybe that. So what a that is a powerful lesson for all of us. We are going to take a quick break. We're here with Rachel Oz of The Great Green Okayness and so much more. I'm going to actually read a couple of her excerpts for you after the break so you can feel into what she's doing. And we're going to find out what is an art playgroundist. Uh, we're going to find out so much more when we return. We'll be right back. The Empower Meditation Channel. Nonstop meditation music 24 hours a day in the new Empower Radio app. Music to empower your meditation, help you relax, sleep, or provide a calm background while you work. The Empower Meditation Channel is interruption-free. Listen now with the Empower Radio app, free in the App Store, or listen online at empower.fm. Soothe your soul. Calm your mind. The Empower Meditation Channel. Oh, oh. All in together now. We can make it better now. Come on. Can we do it? Yeah, you know that we can. We roll it up. Because we know how to jump. We roll it out. Because we know how to Swap it out. Today's a good day to grab your kids and hang out with them for an hour. Dance, walk, play a sport, or cook a healthy meal. Because just moving a little and eating better every day can help make you and your child healthier. Can we do it? Yeah, you know that we can. We'll ball it up. Because we know how to hoop. We'll mess around. Because we know how to play. We'll drop it down. Because we know how to dance. We'll veg it up. We'll veg it up. 
can we do it? Search We Can online to find doable tips and activities that you can use every day to keep you and your kids healthy. Remember, that's We Can. A message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. My dad came to live with us last month, and you know, it's going pretty well. I feel like I never have time for myself. With him being around more, it really lets us catch up on things. His memory isn't what it used to be. We get up and we have coffee. He usually wakes up at 4.30. Then we go for a walk. He needs lots of my attention. I do need to keep an eye on his medications, though. That's important. Sometimes I feel like a pharmacist. I'd say John and the kids are adjusting pretty well. They honestly have no idea what I'm going through. It can be a little challenging. Help. But so far, so good. I could really use just a little help. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Smile. You found Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe even listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com, where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. Again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. And I have a very special invitation for you today. I'd love to invite Invite you into a beautiful experience sponsored by Good of the Whole. It's called Love Lives Here, 40 Days of Reconnection, where we'll focus on our connection with ourselves, each other, the earth, and the sacred in all life. You can do that by going to lovelivesherr.today. Again, that's lovelivesherr.today, 40 Days of Reconnection. I'm here with Rachel Oz, and you can find out so much more about her work in the world and her voice here at racheloz.com and that's r-a-c-h-e-l-a-w-e-s.com rachel um the second half is it always goes so so fast because i wanted mm-hmm. to talk about so many things here with you but i'm i'm intrigued by the term art playgroundist what is an yes. art playgroundist yes well i made up the word and it, it, of course, you know, I identify with being an artist, but it's such a playful thing for me. And when I think of a playground, again, I identify with being a child and identify with my inner child. So when I make art, it feels like a playground. It feels like recess, like I am on the swings with wind in my hair and running the whole field alongside my friends. Mm. So I, I just want to thank you for that. I, You're I welcome. That you make up the words and you talk about your inner child. And yet I'm going to tell you, 
you have a video on your website that is so moving. It's your, I don't remember what you call it. It should be right on your front page, but I found it mm-hmm. in one of the links. But it's an interviewing you, and that wise woman is so present mm-hmm. right on the, just like, right there in front of us and you you don't even see the bright green glasses and other things happening when this wisdom comes out there's this real Mm -hmm. authentic wisdom that's right there so thank you for holding both of those things i think that's Mm -hmm. an example for us as well that it's it is about embracing our inner child but with that i think there's a, a freedom for more of that wisdom to come out does that make sense yes yeah, it does. And and I think about that being the all things connected and our bringing our whole beings forward and inward uh, of all who we are, right, of the sage, of the child, of um, just all the parts of us. Yeah. And you you say in that video that you hold a vision of what people are. I love that. Can you speak more about that? I hold a, um, I do remember speaking of that and I, I, um, and of it's course like, I just said it in the moment. Yeah. But, but I you know what, how I hear it. Tell you, me, tell, tell us. I'll, I'll tell you. And then I want you to expand on it. When okay. I received it, it was so beautiful, but in the moment you were really talking about sitting across from someone. Mm. And my interpretation is that yes. you just see their fullest potential right there, that you hold this vision of their greatness, their magnificence. And yes. I can imagine what an honor it is to have someone mirror that back to you. So yes. do you remember any more about that? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, when I sit across from someone, I don't just uh, generally see a person there. I also see, I start imagining how I would draw them and how I would form lines around their beautiful sculpture of who they are and that I really see them as a poem and I am looking into their beauty. I am, I am uh, looking with eyes to see who they maybe have lost track of fully seeing. And so when their voice cracks, I hear that there's something very important coming through, you know. And when a tear breaks, you know, that there, there's... Um, a shedding there that needs shedding. And I could keep going about that, but I realize that someone's incredibly profoundly precious is sitting in front of me. Mm. Precious, profound, and playful. It's like you use these words and you hold all of it. It's so, Mm -hmm. it's so wonderful. Okay. So I have one of the examples from the book that reminds me of this with this wisdom. So here's this precious, fun, playful, and yet profound wisdom coming out. So I'm going to read this quote. I don't normally do that, but I'm going to because I really want to today. Okay. It (laughs) It can feel maddening to see a place you want to get to, yet be stuck in the land of somewhere else. Hope can appear out of reach. While such hardship is true, so is the possibility that you just might be living inside an egg of purpose. This is the place where you are a tortoise, a frog, or a bird. 
It is your nature to walk, leap, and fly. Your movement is mandatory. You fight to be born. You persist to break free. You cry out to the shell, let me out, and are met with firm silence. There will be no liberation until you are strong enough to break through. Not even a crack until you are really ready. Hope is serious, freedom fighter. The egg wants to give it to you and thus won't let you go until you can survive and soar on the other side. Pause. Talk about poetic. Wow. Tell us a little more about how these messages come through to you. Mm. Well, I think that... um, with that one, to use that as an example, of course, I know this egg in my own life, and I've witnessed it many, many times in other people's lives. And I think the words come to me because I love myself and because I love the people who I am near. And um, and so I want to think about um, the struggle and because we, I think we can all relate to, oh, but I want this thing to happen in my life right now, <laughs> or I want this change, or I want this new vocation, or I want this new lover, or I want, um, you know, whatever the thing is. And the timing so often isn't as fast as we long for it to be. But if it was faster, then then um, would I really be ready for it? You know, so um, if you had interviewed me a dozen years ago, I wouldn't be necessarily responding to your questions in all the same ways. And I don't know if my words would then be as helpful to people listening. Mm. And so everything, yeah, so it's just that trusting that timing. So you asked me, I don't know if I'm directly answering, you asked me how these things come to me. I just think that I fall in love with people. And so, you know, when you're in love, you want to think about that person. You know what I mean? When you have a crush on someone, you can get almost obsessed. Like, all right, I'm washing the dishes. Oh, that person. You know, oh, I'm doing this. Oh, that person. You know, um, in a blushed, wonderful way. And I, I just feel like I, I just fall in love with people. And so I want to think about them. Mm, beautiful. I, I, so I have one more example that I want that what I want to read because again it it it's taking you, you can see how you're falling in love. Most of these excerpts will literally be their words, and then you will build and expand on them. I don't remember if this next one is or not, but again, this is good medicine for all of our listeners and for our culture here. So I want to read this one because it's one of my favorites too. So mm. here we go. What stories are you telling yourself and are they serving your highest good? Is your narrative about being unloved and unappreciated? Then please tell me about how very loved and appreciated you are. Are you finding yourself lost? Then please tell me about being found. 
while there is room to grieve, it is not a place to pitch our tents and remain. Sometimes our antidote is found in the land of opposites. Our deeper nourishment is found in the light that has cast our shadow. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. Mm. You know, our world, what does it sound like hearing somebody else read your excerpts? Oh, it's really, it's really fun, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it gives me, it allows me a little bit of um, observation and distance to, um, you know, when you get so close to your life, your work, your words. And so it's, it just feels like a gift. Mm, nice. So with this one, this is really good medicine for so for our culture today. So in the world, there's there's so many systems and structures breaking down, all for the evolution of our consciousness on the planet, all creating really amazing opportunity and growth for us in so many ways. But people get stuck in the fear and the anxiety and the breakdown. And I I love how you're encouraging them to take the opposite. Is there any advice you'd give to listeners today who may be in fear and anxiety of what's happening in the world? Uh, Yeah. I mean, so in lieu of the passage from my book that you just shared, I'm going to answer it with that lens in mind. When I think about the fear in the world, if we were to think about light and shadow and opposites, um, then I would think about the inverse of fear being love. And maybe then if the concern is for the world, then what the antidote might be of fear is love. And so to think about how you can either meditate on love for the world or think, think about even in little ways how you can love the world, whether it be the earth or people or animals, um, or, you know, how you can serve. And so, you know, and I also think about fear um, as sh- like shrinking and getting smaller And so, and and our breath, uh, you know, getting tighter. And so, if you were to think about your breath expanding, even if it was a breathing meditation, and just allowing your breath, thinking about the world, thinking about the world within you as well, and just expanding your breath into that. Mm. Thank you. The world of opposites, uh, you know, there's so much wisdom right there. And um, we, we totally um, see, see this world of opposites usually in this polarization right now in the world. It's like they're so extreme when we're talking about the opposites. But when you talk about seeing others through a lens of love, yes. you mentioned that too. It's kind of like bringing both of those opposites in to this continuum it's just a a spectrum that we move along and it doesn't have to be so polarized um can you speak more to the polarization and and really how we navigate that and can you maybe ask me in either 
more expanded or different way or more or even like an example or yeah i'm just thinking about just building on what you talked about before and when we see that with loves it kind of softens our way of looking at things and so when we're out there you talked about fear which is really helpful and and looking through love and i'm i'm imagining our listeners today looking at some major life events that are crumbling around us at times and and it feels hopeless it feels like you know the world is coming to an end mm. and when i think about this polarization it's like and I think even one of your pieces talked about, oh, yes, it did. I can't remember which one, but <laughs> you talked about you talked about it having to unravel first for the beauty and the new and the creativity and the creation to come forward in a new way. And so it, seeing our world not polarized as this or that, right or mm-hmm, wrong, good or mm-hmm. bad, but looking at all of these experiences and understanding that we are continually evolving and growing and creative beings who are journeying through this life. I don't know. Can you say anything more yeah. about that process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, certainly um, a polarization example could be um, with the violence in the world, then I'm not safe or my loved ones aren't safe yeah. or this, like you said, the world will end. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's finding the middle. It's maybe either finding the middle or finding, uh, you know, actually a whole new statement or, or um, embracing even it. So it could either be finding middle things like, well, what are some ways that I can embrace and I see safety in the world as well? And, um, and also again, not just the world outside me, but the world inside of me. And also what can I do to help be a part of creating that even in my art or even with my children or how I talk to them. And so it just feels like an infinite amount of possibilities about how I can also be part of, and maybe that's part of it is thinking about what I want to embody myself and what I want to bring forward, even if it's in my own home or on my block or in my city or in my next breath. Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's very inspiring. Mm. I, um, I have a few personal questions for you. Okay. Because I, you really encourage so many others to be their authentic selves and to just, I love the, the intro was words of yours that I integrated into the intro about even just being okay with the rising and falling of our breath. It was mm-hmm. so beautiful. So you talk about really wanting to hear the dream in their hearts. And I'm wondering, what is the dream in Rachel's heart? Mm, The dream in my heart. Well, uh, let's see here. Um, This could be a whole slumber party, right? Of (laughs) of elaboration and sharing. Um, So I will, because I think that our dreams are, um, so gigantic. Um, I think, okay, 
So one of the things when I really relaunched my creative life in the last 10-ish years, uh, my own prayer was that I would live uh, fully into the dream of Rachel, you know, and um, currently the part of that that I'm really aware of is I am, as I had mentioned, I'm writing my next book and I'm uh, doing a whole different kind of piece. It's fiction and it's actually the main characters um, are 10 and the, the main one is about to turn 11 years old. And I would, you know, I'm just completing it. And um, my dream with that would be to go out and really love up a whole additional younger audience with the messages that are in that and the voice and, and even have a film made of it. Like that's super dreamy. And of course, being a mom, I'm also a mom of two sons who are ages 21 and 19. And so maybe people who are moms might be able to relate to this. But when I think about the dream that's in Rachel's heart, it's also that my own sons would live out their dreams and that they would love their lives so that feels part and parcel with who I am as well. Beautiful. Yeah. So what would you say to our listeners if anyone out there is saying, I don't have those big infinite dreams? Mm, I like and that yet, you're asking that. Yeah. What would you say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Um, I would say if you don't have the big dreams or you're not, calling whatever is you dream big, I I guess I would take a second look at that because no matter what your dream is for your life, I would like to go ahead and claim it as big because if your dream is I want to really um, feed myself better food Who's to say that that's not big, you know, Mm. and um, or my dream is to heal some of my childhood wounds and see a therapist or nurture my friendships or go back to school or um, start exercising again or, you know whatever it is, I feel like all of it's big because it's your life. And again, your life is deeply um, and overflowing with worth. And what's bigger than that? Mm, What would you say if they don't feel or experience that worth? Because you are about that Mm -hmm. inner beauty, that magnificence, and and even how to overcome that lack of self-worth. You talked about you suffering at a very young age with the divorce Mm -hmm. um, of your parents and what have you. What would you say to those that might be stuck in a sense of suffering and and stuckness there? And not feeling they have worth? Yeah. I think that um, 
we often tie our worth, our sense of worth with either what we do or don't do, you know, grades or how much we feel people like us or not, or all kinds of conditions. And in mistaking all that, um, like that's, that's conditional worth. And I like to think about our worth as not having any conditions. And that just, when was the last time you put your hand over your heart and felt it beat? And when was the last time you just stopped and listened to your breathing? And when was the last time you looked in the mirror just at your eyes real close and looked at the spectacle um, of what's all in there and imagining your soul or however you like to think of your deepest being? You have worth and it's not a condition about what you do or don't do. And so the other piece that can get mixed up about worth is how people have treated us over time. And we tend to think, well, because I haven't been treated well, or I've been told this or that, then maybe I'm not worth very much. And if other people have not reflected your worth to you, it doesn't mean you're not worth something. It means they don't have the capacity to let you know that. Mm. That's a beautiful place to pause and really allow that to soak in. What a beautiful idea and beautiful words. Rachel, this has really been a joy for me. Mm. And I have just, I adore your work and I appreciate your your playful wisdom. Um, is there any last thing that you'd really like to say to our listeners that you didn't have an opportunity to say? Mm. Okay. Well, I can I read a quick, it's really short from sure, my book sure. too. Sure. Because when you ask that, I guess this is the thing I was thinking about. Um, I have sat with circles and as a fun thing, I've asked people, if you could be any animal, what would you say you are? <laughs> and so, of course, all kinds of different animals come up. And what I say to them is that's like just a creative way to think about how like their deeper glory about their magnificence. Like if you think of yourself um, as this beautiful golden retriever, then clue into that and think about the worth of a golden retriever, you know, and that there's something about that with you. The quick reading is called You Are More. You are the swift cheetah, the strong lion, the intuitive giraffe, and the dressed up zebra. You are all of Africa, this whole wide world. You are entirely all of you. A client told me she was a bear. We are all more than what we appear. Mm, beautiful. Rachel, thank you. I'm going to close with my favorite quote. So first, I just want to thank you again for enlightening our listeners and sharing the magnificent, colorful you. Thank mm. you for being here. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. 
Oh, you are so welcome. And here's one of my favorite quotes from the book. You are a creature of the cosmos. The brightest band and boom are inside of you. Supernovas and massive star explosions shine like 10 billion suns and scatter their dust into your body. No matter who you are, the suffering you have endured need not to reduce you. You are not small and dim. You never have been. You are, in fact, bestowed with bounty, favored by the galaxies made up by matters, made up of matters, matter that matters. It is your true nature. You, your legacy is light. Own it, dear brothers and sisters of the stars, and pass it on. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And remember, together we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. <laughs>